Tradition It, the podcast about all things Kardashian. I'm Jessica Jardin. And I'm Marcy Jarrow. Hi, Jess. Hi, my friend. Uh, oh, my God. Look, you got to do this to me not too long ago. It's rough on the viewers because they're not getting to experience it, but I'm looking at a blonde, beachy Cali girl across I, from me on my I screen. I mean, aren't I just the most blonde babe ever? You really are. I'm so, I love it so much. You need to tell viewers if they haven't seen, go to Marcy's Insta. You'll see her beautiful pic. Um, tell us about blonde life. I mean, I it's only been a couple, literally two days, <laughs> and it is a jarring, jarring experience because I've never had blonde hair before, and it just feels like every time I see it, I think, is this a mistake, But or is it no fun? Way. And then I think, you know what? It doesn't matter. It's just hair. You did it. You wanted to do it. So, But do I think it looks good? I have moved past the loving it on Friday when I got it done to being like, whatever. It's not good. <laughs> but oh. that's just like the hair of getting used to hair, you know? I, I've had similar journeys and I think, uh, it takes like two weeks always to get yes, used to hair. Yes. And it, it, it is just like, you kind of keep seeing it over like again, you know, like you pass a mirror or you yeah. see a reflection and you're like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Like certainly when I would do the crazy colors that would happen a lot where I'd be like, Oh my God. And oftentimes be like, what the fuck did I do? What did I, what did I do? What did I do? Why do I look like this? Why am I screaming to the world that something's wrong with me? <laughs> I also might like it better, but I haven't washed it since it got, I got it done. So I feel like it's like greasy and gross because I'm like, well, if you wash your hair a lot with blonde hair, it like gets worse or something i don't know she was just like you have to wash it less yeah i think you don't you, it just doesn't that's uh, like uh my hair is so noticeably visibly greasy to me now because i i just never clocked it when it was blonde and now i'm like oh i like have to i have to shower a lot more <laughs> or cover it like it's just very visible um and it, with blonde hair you don't have to i think it's beautiful Thank you. i think it looks so nice with your colorings your eyes are popping oh good good well ultimately i really do like it i'm just having one of those days where i'm like eh, i don't know <laughs> but i also like i'm not wearing any makeup and i have a greasy head so but i'm happy to have a change like it felt like this is a fun new thing to do and uh, like e even went outdoors into like uh, i went to um golden road yesterday oh. and had out outside meal I'm like fully vaxxed and out there, baby. So I love it. You got a Subaru. You got blonde hair. She's out in the world. It's I'm really ready giving, for adventure. It's giving me a lot of excitement and inspiration of like these. I mean, how weird are these couple weeks right now? Like it's so weird. Just the amount of like anxious excitement. And also, like, there, uh, it's just the most unknowns I've, like, ever felt. And also, it's so easy to feel this feeling of, like, it's over! Yes. <laughs> and to remember, like, it's ravaging a lot of the planet. Like, Also, I think it's, that's the thing about it, is I don't feel like it's over. Yeah. So, like, that's not, like, and everyone's on a different place with, like, how they feel about it. So, yeah. and so for some I think people, it's, it's been like, over all, for a full year already. Oh, for sure. I think it's more like I'll have these waves of it, you know, where you like suddenly everything kind of just feels and it's getting warmer, you know, and summer's coming and that it's like just this sort of there's a lot of like, 
hope and promise and anticipation. And it's very easy for that all to kind of bundle together into this feeling of like – all only good coming and it's like well we if we've learned nothing from this last year we have to allow ourselves to feel joy allow ourselves to enjoy any positive forward motion and also be very thoughtful be very wary be very like cautious in our optimism and hope like and it is just yeah it's just such a funny moment it's very and and just the amount of like it's so strange just the way something becomes like the parlance you know like it over text like when are you fully vaxxed what'd you get <laughs> and, like, yeah. and then every now and then you say to someone who's not going to be vaxxed you're like okay well oh. now we know okay got it um but it's it's an interesting time. And speaking of me having a an out and about moment this weekend, uh, I was seeing my friend Janish meeting for the first time. And it was after the premiere of her show, Rutherford Falls, which is on Hulu and Peacock. All of the episodes are on Peacock if you get a trial. But I think the first three episodes are on Hulu or Peacock for free right now. Yeah. You can also do like a, a, a free trial and watch them all it's genuinely it's called rutherford falls it is the first the premier native comedy there's never been in the history a network well not network technically but like uh um, uh, a sitcom for like with majority native people and it's so cool it's such a delightful show yeah Jana's amazing in it like wait till you see her guys she's just so fucking great it's such an incredible story like I feel so like um uh, like I've gotten to just experience it secondhand since I know you guys are such close friends and like the whole thing of like oh my god they asked her to audition oh my god she's like going to be the star of it oh my god oh my god like and to finally just like I haven't gotten to watch it yet but to see it like finally roll out this week it was like this is an amazing story and an amazing and, journey. And also, like, she's worked so hard for so many years because I knew her back in New York. Like, so I've known her since 2006 or 2007. Mm. And to just be like, uh, so in 2019, she got offered her first writing gig, started it in the beginning of 2020, was writing on Rutherford. Then, like, they asked her to audition. Then, bef- like, after just so many weeks of like her stressing and having to re-audition and having to do a, a test and having to do like more auditions than like to get cast and then a pandemic hit, but they were still able to film. Anyway, that's all of it to say is that like, it is so legitimately funny and, 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 and like, like heartfelt. Mm. And I think they really, it like so timely for in a year where we're, acknowledging all these like ignored atrocities yeah they handle it so well they because they say so many things that you're like oh they're addressing like white privilege or appropriation yeah but it is never done in an accusatory fashion Mm. it is always done in a joke where all the natives are like yep they're doing it again but it's never mean-spirited it is like so it is the most compassionate way to like go watch it and have people who are like are here on the journey with you to help you learn and it's amazing like it's just so good sierra ornalis is like the creator and she i only know her through Jana and some of my co-workers 
because um, she was a Brooklyn. She worked on Brooklyn at one point. Oh, right. And is it Mike Schur and Ed Helms? Yes. The, okay, yeah. So it was Mike Schur, Ed Helms, and Sierra were the creators, uh, but it. Sierra's the showrunner, and she is also a native herself. And yeah, and it's so great because you're like, there's no like bad guys but there you can see like it's just it's so well done and it's a really cool show about identity it, that's and she essentially gets like what it a, janet gets i was reading um like a, a love storyline right yes without yes, spoiling it, it i don't know any of the characters but i was like oh that's so fun also it, you know it's been praised because janet's a uh a, what she refers to herself as a woman of size like oh, her love. podcast title yes. um and they it's never like it's not an issue. It's not like, oh, a fat woman is uh, afraid that her body interferes. Like, none of that is ever an issue. She's they just, just a say, person in the world deserving of love and partnership. If you can look possibly at this, believe it. Look at this funny, <laughs> sexy woman. Of course, this man who's so hot, like legitimately scorching hot. Of course, he's into her. There's no like, there's not even a weird moment of like, why would you be other than you like, like me? <laughs> other than every single person that sees him is like, God damn, he's too hot. Oh my God. Like everyone acknowledges he's too hot, but there's never a like, oh, yeah. and it's so nice to just see like, yeah, it's just great. Go watch it guys. Uh, you will I'm, like it. I'm, <laughs> should we tell them about <laughs> what? The top when the trailer came out, I was so excited, and I on our chain with Trish uh, Marcy, I said, "Oh my God, see, look at your friend." And I, I said, I, "Oh, I, yes. <laughs> oh my God, you sent a picture of a turtle." Like, what? I don't even remember this. I remember laughing so hard, but what was it? Just it was a turtle that it was like a funny turtle eating and. <laughs> I had been I had really liked the video and I had sent it to Tim but gotten my links mixed up. And, and then so, you're like, oh my god, Marcy, your friend Jana missed a picture of a turtle eating. And I was it looked like it looked like this like savage rude burn. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just like an old turtle chewing away. <laughs> and I was like, and then it was one of those scrambly typo, like, oh my god, so sorry, wrong pick. Ah, Link. Ah, uh, Jenna. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, Marcy, look at your friend. <laughs> oh God. I, I like you were already apologizing before I saw it, and then I just laughed and laughed and laughed. Um, oh uh, boy. Yeah, go watch my turtle friend, Jenna, <laughs> uh, in she- Rutherford Falls. Great plug. Um, All right. You, we, what's up? Or I don't think I have anything that I get my second shot this week. Um, <gasps> I just can't wait. Uh, I don't know. I'm just very much in the like, just kind of hunkering down through this last stretch. And, and yeah. I, I do feel a lot of excitement for May. We're going to do uh, a restaurant Mother's Day with my parents. Um, I think outside Fine. the place in Pasadena we love has like an outside setup and that's a big deal to do something like that with them. Um, but yeah, no big news. Otherwise just like 
kind of plugging along in this uh in this weird moment of <laughs> of just like get trying to get more of this more of this it's, medicine in my body please it's very funny too because i'm like i think the rest of our lives are just gonna be weird so like we, <laughs> I just we're always like we're readjusting all the time we'll never be adjusted i guess no because especially of my big theory and i saw an article this week about like doctors are preparing for a record uh based on my what we were talking about a couple weeks ago about this summer being sorry for swearing but like fuck fest 2021 and like just the horniest summer in history and i was reading a thing about how doctors are literally anticipating like skyrocketing std rates uh and then like how <laughs> it's it's just like going to be this really weird summer wild probably and then this like hangover fall <laughs> of like everyone remembering like oh yeah like you can't really we have jobs and we have to be humans and like we can't just like burst out the gates and be lunatics which is um, like what i kind of feel like is going to happen i but, mean i can't wait for the lunatic season to begin oh I think it's going, I'm really, I'm really doubling down. Like, I think it's going to be like, you're just, you're at like, I feel like we'll be like at a Chinese restaurant and we'll be seeing people like sucking face, you know, and being oh. like, uh, okay. I don't um, want to see it, but I'm excited to see it at the same time. Me too. Um, now we have any, corrections. Yes. Oh, we do. Yes, yes. Because last week I thought there were only because I was looking at the episode list online on like not Wikipedia. her fault. She was going off the information that existed. <sighs> but the, we're on this season. No, sorry. This week we're watching episode six or we watched episode six this previous week. So there are going to be 12 episodes total this season. So I thought there were only going to be. A few more. I thought there was going to be eight total, but I'm wrong. There's going to be. And the reason I know it's because I talked to our friend Mariah Smith. Hey, inside track, friend yes. of Andy. Yes, she is the producer and the script supervisor of the reunion mm -hmm. that Andy is going to be hosting. And it's going to be airing in June. That's why I was like, let me make sure I got all this info right. And she was like, right. no, there's 12 episodes. And it and then the reunion will air in June. And that is so exciting to us. So, so that, exciting. <laughs> that means that we're definitely going to be covering until we'll definitely cover up through the reunion. So it For extends sure. the run of the show a bit. But yes, there's um, more Kardashian it. You all lucked out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, thank God I asked Mariah because I would have. What if we just never? What if we just stopped watching stopped after covering, two weeks what, from and now? It, and what if it's like the biggest expose? They do a full Kanye Kim divorce storyline, and we're like, <laughs> too bad the show ended. Oh well. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, that's so. great news because I I do feel like I had started to feel, especially with this week's episode, I was like, this just doesn't feel like we've gotten there story arc wise we're still in a lot of mid-season hijinks which makes a lot more sense i mean what? you know le there's still more serious storylines going on but um it does I i'm i'm it very feels, happy to hear that there's yeah. more yeah because it, it feels, feels like, like there's the a lot more to tell. yeah that's, also, that's the feel one of my favorite parts of hosting this podcast is never quite getting all the information correct <laughs> well to 
We're authorities and we know nothing. Well, it's very funny to me because half of it is because we can only fixate and collect information in these like odd pockets of time because we have big full lives. And the other part is that they move the target constantly and that like we have learned multiple times that they will literally move a finale, move a premiere date, scrap an episode that we saw in the teaser trailer, like scrap scenes. Like, yeah, it's it's their fault. It's ours. We didn't do anything. We're good. We're good. We're, we're really good podcast hosts. So, <laughs> well, but speaking of, or th- so we we will still be launching our follow up to Cardition yes. It. Um, L is for, for losers. Ed- L is for losers. Thank you to everyone and their kind words. It sounded like I was really proud of how we must we gave everybody heart attacks. It sounds like with the way <laughs> with the way that we rolled that info out last week. Sorry I mean- for for the dramatic. <laughs> Uh, pauses but also hey we we live for the drama um <laughs> but yeah we we did announce that uh the pod this podcast will be ending with the end of keeping up with and we'll be launching a patreon called ellis for losers that is a um you know pop culture roundup style more so covering a lot of different things and we got such lovely feedback yeah um, it made me feel so good it, so it is nice. very funny though because speaking of moving the timelines back it might move ours back a little bit yes so. yeah we're <laughs> we'll see when this thing goes but uh <sighs> we're still we're moving on it um behind the scenes very excited to have more info to share with everybody um in the coming months but uh, yeah mark mark your calendars for s- generally june <laughs> look we'll be sure to make it very clear when that thing is up and running and you can subscribe so but speaking of the reunion yes so yes perfect i'm so excited to watch it because apparently andy cohen says there's nothing off limits there's no ground rules they're trusting him to just no go for it ground rules is wild I think they just know that they can handle any questions. Yes. Yeah. I think. And that if they want to say, I don't want to talk about that, that they're going to say that. And that's going to be what it is. Yeah. He's not. They're also not housewives in the way that he can kind of really. He can't force them. He's not their boss. (laughs) Yeah, They can't get fired for upsetting him. Yes. Um, which is a good dynamic, but it's such a smart pairing because, yeah, Andy is really good at managing massive personalities, massive like storylines and life moments in these reunions and like getting every giving everyone their moment. Um, it's great. Yeah, it's he he on his own Instagram. He posted a video of the set. It's very <gasps> thrilling. Oh, my God. It's, <sighs> it's really exciting. And like. It's they're all there. Their glam team is like they're on the couches. It just it's going to be good. And they have uh, some of their previous looks they've worn on red carpets. I I noticed the Kylie dress, the structured bone one. Yes, Uh, it's very exciting. And also like God bless Mariah Smith. Andy Cohen is so lucky that he (sighs) ever laid eyes on her face and her sister. Yes. Uh, Lauren Ashley Smith, who, by the way, if you haven't watched it, season two of the Black Lady Sketch Show just premiered on HBO oh, this Max. Weekend, right? And that is her sister is the head writer. I mean, what a brilliant sisters, family. These sisters just I mean, it feels and it's also that feeling of like they're only just getting started. Like they yes. will be they will run this town. It's Absolutely. crazy. They, they have are, like they are the new comedy, Kardashians. They have comedy and pop culture like sewn up. Like also, that's it. I, 
met their I've met cousins of theirs. They're like really they're Broadway at- stars. Wow. They're all it's like a whole family full of the most talented, beautiful people. It's wild. Um Ugh. But so I really trust Mariah to be able to ask the best because Mariah is a great journalist interviewer Ugh. on top of being what a good writer too. I miss yeah. her writing to be honest. I just I know she's got plenty going, but she is one of my very favorite writers. I think this will be her like grand opus though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, this is because they've already been doing the they have a, a serious show, right? Um, a radio show every week. She and her sister. Oh, yes, yes, yes. But I just mean the reunion is going to be her, her like it's what she's been working for. She's because she knows everything about the history. Yeah. So she's going to know the best questions to ask. (sighs) They're so lucky. They're going to pretend like uh, Sandra in St. Louis wants to know. Yes. yes. (laughs) And it'll just be this perfect Kardashian filled brain. I'm so excited. Oh my God. That is a fun little sneaky thing that when Andy is like, Oh, someone wants like, like when Andy asked a housewife, like everyone thinks that you were being a big bitch about this thing. What do you say? And then they get upset and he's like, I didn't ask it. Sandra and St. Louis did. And it's like, never true. No, it's the savviest format to roll out. It's just like, Hey man, don't, don't kill the messenger. Yeah. It's like as if, as if, Oh, I'm so excited. I can't believe we get inside scoop from Mariah. I can't wait. Maybe we'll be able to lure her uh, on at some point before we wrap up. I mean, um, there's really short uh, window, uh, so we'll see. I don't want to promise anything <laughs> no, like that because no. uh, it was more me just like wishing out loud. <laughs> Look, you can send her some flowers and stuff. See if you can woo her. Uh, woo her. Uh, um, oh, s- s- go ahead. Go. Well, I was going to say, speaking of flowers, did you see this? Jordan Woods got, yes. uh, got a press box from Chrissy Teigen and Kris Jenner. Yes. And there is a there is a piece of this story that I literally out loud went, oh, <laughs> which is that. So people thought, oh, wow. OK, like this is a big move. We know that Chrissy and Kris Jenner put out their safely line of um, cleaning products, kind of safe cleaning products. And so Jordan posted, um, you know, opening it up, tagged them both, tagged Get Safely, and people rightly assumed, oh my gosh, this is an olive branch from the matriarch herself to Jordan post-scandal. And this was the line from the TMZ story. Story. I was waiting for unnamed sources say, but that's not what it said. Elizabeth Woods, Jordan's momager, tells TMZ there's nothing to read into the gift because it was sent by Chris Chris and Chrissy's PR team. She says it is not a peace offering in any way, shape or form. (laughs) I was like, Oh, Jordan's mom is making it very clear. Um, no, that bitch has not actually ironed things out with my daughter. (laughs) How like annoying though, for you to be like, Okay, this is a mom over here. It's not her business. And this is a mom over here. It's also not your business. These are all grownups who are mad at each other. (laughs) (laughs) And also trying to like market their bullshit off of each other. You know, like the idea it's so Kardashian that it would be like, well, yeah, she sent a PR box, but it wasn't an olive branch. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because if 
Chris Jenner did not want Jordan Woods to get it, Jordan Woods would not get it. Absolutely. And it's meant, the whole thing is designed <laughs> perfectly to play the way it played where we go, oh, 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 But it's so funny because it's like, well, Chloe and Kylie aren't, they don't have a partnership with Safely. Exactly. It's, it's like so many different things to like try to connect. It is such a far reach, but it's like good for publicity. Like Elizabeth, you're doing your mom and your work. You're trying to yes. make a scandal where there is not one. However, it does beg the question, what the fuck and what's taking so long? Why <laughs> why isn't there a resolution? I mean, at this point, like it, it's maybe they're saving it. Maybe it's like it'll be in the build up to the finale. Maybe in those that would be what I'd put my maybe put my money on is so I closer mean, towards finale, maybe. But we better we wait for Jordan getting a rapid COVID test. <laughs> Uh, I just like it. God, that it came straight from the momager's mouth. So the infighting, funny. The infighting of momagers is bring me that show. But that's God. the thing is like, you know, this is like, this is not a fight. That's no, it's Elizabeth by herself being like, I need to make things move for my daughter. Absolutely. And, and it's maybe in not even <laughs> it's like in her best interest to, I think, prolong this narrative in a sense because it's interesting you know once I mean, they smooth it over what then yeah you know? what then then the, yeah what do you do because they're not going to be best friends again so like that yeah so it's just it sort is. of like kind of in everyone's best interest to have a, a, a everyone guessing that yes. there is something some bad blood still because it is what i mean that's why we're talking about it in this very moment i mean i mean i mean i mean so speaking of chrissy yes um who we now, just love i always watch watch what happens live jess i mean i i don't get to watch it nearly enough i try to watch it Nicole was on it. I was yes, so Nicole excited. Nicole and Keenan were on it. Now, Ugh. I say I watch it because they always trick, they like tag it on to the end of my Hulu recording. So yeah, that's same. why I watch it, but I do enjoy it. I like, uh, look, I watch everything on Bravo, guys. Quiz I mean, me. I don't watch Married to Medicine. I shouldn't say that, but maybe I would. Maybe I would. Maybe I would. I mean, you know, I think I told this story on the podcast. I, I love watching Watch What Happens. And, um, I I was watching one time up front in this last pandemic year and Tim asked me um who I was who what who I was FaceTiming with or who I was zooming with because I was laughing so much. You were talking <laughs> to your friend Andy. And I, was like, I was like, Andy was making me laugh a lot. You thought I was talking to a person. <laughs> now I think that show is such a funny format because Andy always seems annoyed oh my he, god he is so put off i love his he tone. rolls his eyes at every joke that is written for him okay <laughs> he it's also the funniest part of watch what happens live it's so mean so <laughs> like, mean it is what they literally just like openly roast these people and they're and like openly make mock oh. their outfits their hairstyles. I mean, I don't even know if you can use the word roast because it's not in good fun. No, and they are, they are <laughs> I mean, oftentimes from- they're oftentimes bewildered, and especially in the COVID year, they haven't had a live audience to kind of soften or that live feeling of like you know because it used to have this kind of like we're drinking, there's a bartender here. It's kind of this like little salty hang, and it's now it's just like a person on a screen being like, oh, 
Oh. <laughs> well, but now they do have those like eight little boxes of people who are on mute that just clap. Yeah. <laughs> God, I love it. It, works it really works. The format really works. I love it. But so we had the one and only Chrissy Teigen was on Watch What Happens Live. I didn't actually watch this. So if you watched it, feel free. I got to say, sp- this one wasn't fun. Oh, interesting. There was a weird time delay because she's like off on a vacation somewhere. Uh, uh, okay. I don't remember where she was, but she's like off on vacation. It's just her and Andy. She has like one of her little earbuds in and there's enough a de- delay that no jokes are landing and maybe she was tired i don't know it's like <laughs> just doesn't work it doesn't always work um but she spoke about a few kardashian related things she spoke about the uh chloe photo leak and i thought this was really interesting she she said she had talked to her ther- therapist about it she said Honestly, oh, I, uh, in terms of being asked about it, she said, honestly, I went a million different ways. I actually ended up talking about it in therapy, oddly enough, because of my own body insecurities and what celebrities have done to people in distorting their image of what a real human body looks like. You get frustrated because I look at Chloe and of course I'm like, you're so beautiful. You're so strong. The change that she's made to her body, she's so proud of and everybody's so proud of. And you want somebody to be like, fuck yes, this is my body in any light. And at the same time, I'm like, my God, anyone's able to anyone's able to say and have any kind of portrayal of their body that they want people to see. She didn't want that photo to be out. She didn't want that photo to be out. And that's fine, too. There can be two truths. Yeah. And she goes on. But that's basically her stance. She's like, I know that something like that happened to me. I would want people to know that this is a strong, powerful photo of myself and I'm proud of it. Kind of coming down on both sides of it, which I, you know, of course, she's friends with the family. Yeah, I mean, she did sort of say, though, in not so many words, like, I don't think I would, like, cry about the photo so much. No, I think she's saying how we all felt, which is, like, it would have been really cool to have said, like, yeah, that's my body. Isn't it great? Yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, it is, it's always interesting to hear from on the inside of celebrity and like someone who of course has experienced similarly so much body stuff. Um, not, you know, not in the same way as Chloe for sure. Uh, but yeah. And then she also talked about, um, Kim and Kanye, uh, which I thought was a lot more cryptic. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause I, I, I think Andy was asking her like, ha- has John talked to Kanye? And she yeah. was like, well, you know, Kanye, when Kanye goes off the grid, he's like off the grid. And, yeah. and that essentially she had uh, spoken to Kim. Uh, she talks to Kim a lot more and that she was like, Kim did everything she could for that marriage. She gave it her all, yeah. which yeah. I think is, you know, it's not a total damnation of Kanye, but it's a total damnation of Kanye. I mean, it definitely it definitely reinforces the storyline as we are accepting it, you know, yes. which is that this woman fought for her marriage, which I believe. Um, and ultimately, he was the larger liability and unable to meet her uh, yeah. in the middle. But um, yeah, it may, it's, uh, it's I will interesting. Say- Another funny part of the interview is she's wearing, she has a new line of these very beautiful silk robes. Oh, yes. (laughs) And boy, her titties barely stayed in them. (laughs) Oh, I love it. Keeping us on our toes as a a woman who loves being in a robe. I know the risk. (laughs) I mean, you could tell that she was like, I should have used some tape or something because she like wanted to 
do some product placement, but yes. it's just a slippery little robe. And she's got a <laughs> bountiful rack. She is even a, she, after her, you know, reduction. Yeah, but there, there it was a reduction. Uh, no, she got her implants removed. Implants taken out, but no, there's she still has. Yeah, very large. I mean, whatever. But is definitely big old bitties that definitely would try to pop out of a silky little robe. Silky That's little kind of robe. the thing. I love robes so much, but I don't have any. I have many, many, many robes. I love robes. I don't do silky because of that. Because I feel yeah. like a little wet seal who's like, whoosh, whoosh, like sliding around on seats. And like, you just kind of feel, you never feel secure in them. Like, yeah. I think they're so sexy and beautiful. And like the aesthetic is like visually very charming and, and gorgeous. But as like a practical thing, they just do not work for me. You <laughs> cannot dress like that in a house with Linda underwear. You just can't. <laughs> God, I can't. I, th- what what that would bring out in Linda, no, the world can't take. I don't think she could handle it. She's she already def- so horny. She's too <laughs> horny. I can't unleash that, and I won't. Don't worry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two more kind of like newsy news uh, yeah. articles, which is that one. None of the Kardashians. <laughs> are going to campaign for Caitlyn Jenner when Caitlyn <laughs> runs for the governor's uh, in the governor race. And that's not surprising at all. <laughs> not at all. So for anyone who hasn't been following this in California, Mayor, Governor Newsom is our is our governor. Um, <clears throat> and he, of course, has reached ha- has received a ton of backlash and ire, particularly in the in this COVID year because of what were perceived. I will say mostly by more conservative folks about like over harsh regulations, harsh shutdowns, over over too much government overreach in light of COVID. Um, I but I obviously the, I disagree. But on the uh, other side, though, a lot of non-conservative, a lot of liberal people are mad at him too for like being flip floppy on everything that he's. Yes, yeah. he's so people are mad at him all people around. People are mad, and it's and I gotta be honest, rough job. He also had a pretty bad <laughs> fuck up where he went and had an indoor dinner uh, at peak COVID at, at French Laundry, the fancy restaurant. Anyways, oh. he had a, he's had a year. <laughs> I like, I love Nisim. I'm, I'm, a, I, I disagree with lots of the stuff here and there. I'm, I'm all about him. I'm from the Bay where he was, he was um, the mayor of San Francisco. So I'm rooting for him, even though I'm sure he's fucked up a bunch, but there is a recall that finally made it over the hump. It is an official recall vote. This happened when I was in high school, I believe, with um, Governor Gray Davis was recalled. And that's how we ended up with Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, so that is the thing to keep in mind. As ludicrous as this Caitlin may feel, I don't think it's likely. But at the time, we it- were all like, we were all like, okay, we're going to recall the governor. Oh, yeah. And then it'll be Arnold. And then it was like, oh, my God. And by the way, Arnold did a fairly good job as governor, which was the Bang kind of most shocking job. part. Yeah. Um, so there is a recall uh, effort that's now going on. Angeline has thrown her name in the ring, I learned today. Oh, um, so, yeah, a I know. circus. It ends up being, it, these always end up being like a bit like this. Like I remember Mary Carey, the porn star, ran in that recall years ago. So Caitlin has announced her gubernatorial run. Uh, <laughs> what was making me laugh is that like Yumi and Trish just didn't acknowledge it. Like it was announced this week and it was this like th- any like Kardashian people, I feel like everyone was like, 
no thanks <laughs> i i mean it's just like one i would never vote for caitlin no. and i i think a lot of people who maybe even consider themselves conservatives would not vote for caitlin no she's historically republican um was against gay marriage um and has sort of tried to politically toe this line that i think most people it, it ends up sort of just ruffling everyone's feathers at once yes. it's kind of not in line with any party or any clear because through line she did support trump and then two mm -hmm. years later was like that was a huge mistake so uh she's yeah, she's <laughs> made everyone upset across the lines, which is really <laughs> great when someone can be bipartisan in that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a unique take on bipartisan. And so I'm in, she declared on Twitter with the banner, Caitlin for California. In a statement, she slammed Newsom for his, quote, over-restrictive lockdown during the COVID-19 pandemic and complained that the Golden State's taxes are, quote, too high. California has been my home for nearly 50 years. I came here because I knew that anyone, regardless of their background or station in life, could turn their dreams into reality. For the past decade, we've seen the glimmer of the California state reduced by one party rule that places politics over progress and special interests over people. Sacramento needs an honest leader with a clear vision. Caitlin ain't living in Sacramento. Give me a break. Oh, uh, I would hate it. I mean, she would hate it. I, anyways, I'm very, look. And, but here's my point is this. I don't think this will go very far, but I will say we've been surprised a few times. It's if, true. If I, who from reality TV slash Hollywood ends up actually jumping the great divide. And so, you know what I say? I don't think our politicians are old enough. <laughs> I don't think we have you, enough 70 year old, 70 something. Voting, in, you're voting oh, yeah. octogenarian. You're like, so, who are these spring chickens in their mid 70s? taken yeah. over like these teenagers running loose in the capital why would i want some 50 year old teenage person running <laughs> things i want someone who is older <laughs> who has committed manslaughter I, that's what i want we don't talk about that enough i think we've been very nice to caitlin that she murdered murder. someone <laughs> it's so crazy it's so crazy we are not constantly talking about the fact that caitlin committed vehicular manslaughter i'm yeah. so sorry i mean it's I, so wild. I, we're not laughing at the we're just no, laughing that like i that mean it's a footnote that it is a footnote but i don't think manslaughter means you can't have a very successful life and never acknowledge what you've done because plenty <laughs> of people have done it we got matthew broderick we got the kennedy ted kennedy Rebecca gayhart um, uh, brandy oh yes um uh, i don't want look any of us could have commit vehicular homicide <laughs> at any moment and i i every time i back out of my driveway i worry about it because you it's know, real you it doesn't mean you're a bad person but it is an insane piece to just like go into the public uh to pursue uh, a political career um i think the thing that is very sketchy too that i read about this caitlin run is that do you remember that campaign manager for trump that got fired after after he had that like failure of a rally um, over the summer, it was like in Oklahoma, there was that big indoor rally and everybody was freaking out. And then it ended up that a lot of people didn't come and they were saying that like all the K-pop stands like, yes, that whole yes. thing. So that I forget his name. He got fired. And then like a month or two later, he like had a, a domestic 
uh, disturbance thing Ugh. in the middle of the night. Like the cops came and he had a <gasps> gun and he pulled a gun on the police. He's like an <gasps> unhinged, crazy person. And he is behind Caitlyn's run. And so it is like connected to Trump and like the worst parts of Trump. But also just like nasty. making you're making bad decisions already. It's just like read the room. That's my Caitlin. Read the Caitlin's room. Also, never. She's never read the room, Jess. Never. never. And it is so funny to me that we just had that storyline where it was like, I'm bored. Oh, I'll make YouTube. And it was like it's the jump from like YouTubes to like I run California. <laughs> it's so it's funny. Like, Nobody likes like no one likes Caitlyn. Her children don't like her. <laughs> no I don't one think likes the her. The trans community doesn't like her. No like her likes. old conservatives don't like her. But the great Ugh. thing about her is she doesn't acknowledge it. That's like care. some next level like narcissism there. To just double down when you when like everyone is like, no thanks. And you're like, yeah, okay, here you and here you go. More coming. <laughs> I mean, the gall of her to call Chris Jenner in last week's episode, that's uh, say no more. Say, say no more. No more. Mona more. Uh, <laughs> and then the the last bit of news, which is actually probably the most important bit of news, is mm. we have President Joe Biden acknowledging for the first time. Uh, a first time a president, a U.S. president, has f- officially recognized the massacre of Armenians under the Ottoman Empire as a genocide. Huge! This is, is a it- huge, huge, huge. I know we've talked about this before on the pod, but especially yeah. in LA, you there's it becomes a really big thing because there is an enormous Armenian community here centered in Glendale. So there's Armenian remembrance parades, flags. It's a, it's a, and and the Kardashians have been very, very, very vocal about this. Um, so this is a massive his- historic uh, and precedent. It doesn't come without its own consequence because the Turkish foreign minister uh, re- totally rejected the term genocide. Oh, and, as always. But like specifically after like the after Biden said it, he had yeah. a statement on Saturday, completely rejects it. Um and says, we are not going to take lessons about our history from anyone. Political opportunism is the biggest betrayal of peace and justice. We completely reject the statement that is only based on populism uh, about Joe Biden's uh, remarks, um, which, uh, you know, uh, I mean, that's the thing about it is like, you can deny it all you want. There's still so many people who are killed. Yeah, it's very interesting to hear because my sister's first husband is Turkish. Um, And so I've been to Turkey a bunch uh, when they were married. And like it is when it comes up, it's crazy because it's like, again, I I can't really speak to it with like any authority. But you really hear because it's about how it's taught in schools, you know. Yeah. And like you really hear uh, through at least the Turkish people I ever interacted with, um, and, and his family, like just, a, it's not about like, um, an angry refusal. It's truly this like, no, that's not what happened. You know, this like completely different history that has been taught, um, and is collectively understood that could be very different now. That would have been like 15 years ago that I was there, but like, well, it is like, like, it it's is not a, it's that a, different. Though, yeah. Like they're... it was like a full inverse where you'd be like, well, but it seems like there's a lot of evidence for this. And it was like, that's not the reality that is collectively shared. Um, yeah. among 
that country. Um, not that I'm, that's not me agreeing with it. I, I mean it. I right, believe right, right. this was a genocide. That's, I am not a genocide denier. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. But, but I just remember being like, oh, it's a, re- to me, it became a very interesting case in terms of like the education system and like and wh- how, how history is taught. You know? Yes, that like sometimes it, it like you know history is told by the winners, yeah. Uh, so they get to control the narrative, and then they get to be like, "We were all right," and that they were all wrong. Yes, and that's not ever how anything has ever worked. Um, and you know, <laughs> as someone who's on TikTok a lot, now I haven't gone to this side of TikTok, but there is a whole like young generation of people who don't believe the Holocaust happened, who mm. don't believe Helen Keller was a real person. It's like this weird thing that is infiltrated and like like real young kids are like Helen Keller did not exist. That's not real. That one is I mean they are all it's just a really I I I finished that um into the storm QAnon doc this week and it is just like I mean we could talk about QAnon for a whole podcast but it's like it just is a really uh rattling time in terms of like the ability to quote do your everything always comes back to that like do your research kind of mentality. It's like the anti-vax sort of uh, stance and this ability to really like basically just Google around and find people to support any viewpoint, yeah. you know, and that is like a really scary piece of the kind of moment in history that we're at that you can reinforce pretty much any viewpoint if you want to and radicalize and like create legions of people who believe it as well. We are in such an age of propaganda. Uh, it's, it's, uh, amazing like if you even just bring it down to like the smallest things like being like uh oh you have to eat collagen yes that's how oh. collagen works you must eat it for it to work on your skin it's- and it's like and people will be like absolutely i you have to read this article blah 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 and you're like i don't know guys maybe collagen does work that way but you're just finding like it's a real snake eating its tail mentality of like well, the same information of I think the wellness industry is a perfect microcosm of it, you know, and it's like the, and it's, and the, and the Kardashians are very guilty of, of absolutely profiting off of the, off of it and the goop of it all. And that it is just like, that's why it was interesting to me in all the QAnon stuff I was reading about, like how it has targeted women because of that, that it is a, a group of people that like a lot of women, particularly like in the same way that like, oh, sure. Toxins. Got to get the toxins out. Oh, yes. Drinking my collagen. Mmm. Tummy tea. And this like crazed world of like nothing's FDA approved. There is no science. Nobody knows what they're doing. They're spending their money. And it is just like you can see that that real that how that jumps then to like conspiracy theories yeah. and like protecting children and anti-vaccine and it's like not to say that like people who you know believe in toxins are conspiracy theorists but there is his, there is a real lack of uh belief in authority and belief in expertise and belief in the basic tenets of science and this idea that like you can google search your way to the same conclusions as people who've dedicated their entire careers and educations to proving or disproving things and it's like very scary i think because like ultimately confident (laughs) maybe you could like for the wellness you could push the needle a little bit but ultimately 
human beings are bottom feeders. You could feed us garbage all day long, every day. We'll still run for on average 75 years. Like truly we <laughs> are the weak you could give us we're one of the few species that can eat so much bullshit and still do so well yeah so it's like i guess maybe you could get yourself i don't know i don't know what you think you're gonna get out of it it's but cutting the like tiniest of corners it's so funny yes. <laughs> it's like shaving off the tiniest little the littlest piece of Look. like yes that and, and you won't know it but yeah. i'm like i'm i remain very fascinated by these communities and like yeah it's just a very um it's a very wild moment in terms of like how much information you can bolster that has yeah. no basis in reality and then you are arguing with people who like it's literally like arguing with people who don't believe the sky is blue and it's like at what point can you if it's like if that person is like it's not and you're like but but and it's like you re you reach an well, impasse. Okay, because it's actually not blue is the thing. <laughs> okay, Marcy. Like, Sorry. this guy just looks blue to us because Okay, of Marcy, you understand the greater point. You understand the greater point I'm Guys, making. Guys, you just saw it happen. Oh my God, I have a conspiracy theorist on my hands. No, wait, that's uh, true. I'm know, not joking. I know, I know. Guys, I know. I know. Do I the research, guys. Do the research. Look. I'm just saying, do what you want, but I did the research. <laughs> um, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. Okay, we are back. We're back. We are watching season 20, episode six, Summer of Love. Um. Wow. I mean, there's a lot to say. There's a lot to say. This is, this is like one of the rougher like rougher ones this is i mean we'll obviously get into it but so obviously the courtney and scott of it is like they i don't know how you feel but I, I feel like the the structure of these episodes this season maybe it's always been this way but it's like one very serious storyline against two like so hijinxy meaningless puffy nothings i think that like just the disparity between tone is is like very jarring for me. I think they are all supposed to be hijinxy and light, and then they just aren't. Yeah, because it's just really like I feel I'm grateful because they're very real storylines, like the, the the Scott and Courtney one, like some of these ones. But um, wow, they really just like hit you in the gut. I mean, even though we like looking for shorty, it's like. Uh, this isn't light, guys. No, I think that's a good way to put it. Is it's like their their tonal like barometer feels very off. Where I'm yeah. just like, whoa! It's just a bigger conversation than an A or B storyline on the Keeping Up with the Kardashians yes. show. Yes. So we do have a very interesting cold open, though. We have. <laughs> I like laughed at this so hard. So Simon Hook. <laughs> is asking Scott what he does for exercise. And Scott's like, nothing. And he goes, OMG, if you did like six weeks on the same program, we have like similar body types, you'd be jacked. And then Scott said, why would I want to do hard labor? Years ago, kings and shits didn't do that. I, I laughed so hard, Jessica. <laughs> kings and shit don't exercise. 
It's so wild, too, because he is like he's so entrenched in this like workout obsessed family. He's like yes. obsessed with working out, obsessed. In a showing. world where someone can tell you you need to do more exercise as a casual conversation item. I was like, also, yeah, on the receiving end, I would have been like, no fucking thank you. Keep it to yourself. We have similar body types. You'd get jacked like me. It was like, no, thank you, Simon. No. Also, I love the idea that Scott is like, that is not respectable. (laughs) Sir, I I, don't respect you. I absolutely (laughs) do not think sweating in a gym is like my style. (laughs) And to be fair, it's funny. I'd never really thought about it. I can't really picture it. You You know what? I think we spend too much time being like, yes, queen of someone on a Stairmaster, which is, I guess, ultimately humiliating for them. They should be (laughs) sitting down and being fed by people. That's the real power move. (laughs) Scott's correct. (laughs) He's correct. He's correct. Well, should we lead into uh, Court Gets a Lifeguard, a.k.a. Scott and Court? (laughs) Yes. So, again, we have Courtney, Kim, Scott, Simon, Chebin, some other guy. Man, never get even never even gets a lower third. He did. He did. He did. I just didn't remember it. Uh, Yeah. Well, yeah, tells you how much I clocked it. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So, (laughs) Courtney wants to get a lifeguard because she's like the ocean can be dangerous. To which Scott replies, "The ocean can be dangerous." Because he is her best friend, her ally, the father of her children, and maybe one day lover. (laughs) He he gets her. He gets her like Addison gets her, <laughs> which then speaking of they they're like, oh, my God, should we ask Addison? Uh, do we want our lifeguard to be able to do TikToks? Ha 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 ha. The way this they talk about this was so funny because they were like talking about it like a casting call. Like, OK, yes. What kind of body should he have? And like maybe yes. what kind of skills and then like what age range? We're thinking like 22 to 32. And then Simon says, if they're a lifeguard at 32, there's a problem. <laughs> Excuse me, David Hasselhoff. Hello. (laughs) And we learned Simon was a lifeguard. So he speaks from with authority. Um, Then next thing you know, ding dong. Trevor, the lifeguard has arrived at the Malibu compound. Look, and he's definitely older than 28 years old. Absolutely. We then we proceed to have Courtney brings him in, walks him outside where everyone's outside. We get one of the craziest explanations for um, a storyline I've ever heard. She goes, look, we just don't want anyone around. I want I want to have him here for a couple days without the kids to really make sure that we feel comfortable with him and that he's a good fit to be around the family. I don't think that's crazy, Jess. I think it is so weird to be like, come sit and be a lifeguard for a bunch of adults that aren't swimming in the pool and going in the water. That part's crazy, but I don't think that like being like, let's hang out with this person for a while before they meet our children is weird. I think meeting him and interviewing him, but the idea of like, they set him up as like in a little lifeguard chair and a whole setup. And then they're like, for a bunch of people in their 40s to just like lay like lazily around a pool uh, that he had to like pretend lifeguard is what I think. 
that he sat by the pool alone just twiddling his thumbs yes i, I like, agree absolutely but i was like i'm i get it like you want to like see what the him person first and sussing him out and stuff totally makes sense especially in their world i was just sort of like mm, i guess it's no. weird to just like hang out with him what they should have done was let chris get in the pool and pretend like she's drowning and then have him yes. like save her and resuscitate <gasps> her she's had too many martoonies <laughs> martoonies <laughs> yeah, too many martoonies is my favorite i've just had too many martoonies um, so they're all gawking at her and chris is like like chloe's like you're literally foaming at the mouth calm <laughs> down to chris so funny to me also all of their scenes are lunch scenes this season this the amount of outdoor picking at salads and plates uh, food brought by these unnamed masked gloved uh, attendees to this table it's yeah it's like we've been at a an outdoor restaurant this whole yes, season it's beautiful wild. though i now, mean i'm i'm very happy like i said it feels like we've been in a movie this whole season if you told me though we're going to be on a reality show and it's mostly going to be you eating i'd be like out i'm out i can't do it me oh eating God. no tedious no i just don't want it like me shoveling food in my face as we're talking no that's knowing not a cute that it's look. like cut to high hell like that yeah. you have no idea what like shot will be used yes they're always now, always eating who which ex so courtney said to trevor you look identical to someone i know and then kim's like yeah your ex-boyfriend you would know and then scott looks so concerned i was like which ex is it eunice i was trying to fit i was gonna ask you the same thing i literally put who and i all i can think is eunice he looks to me not really anything like eunice yeah but i didn't get a great look at his face like maybe in person but that's all i could think i was like Were i don't know who else it would be did you not get a good look at his face because his belly button was so strange <laughs> i was more distracted by like is i didn't like his tattoos I just look I'm not body what was shaming going on with his belly button he was so he had so little body fat that it was just like this popping like, out yeah Ugh. it was just like yeah sometimes you need a little but maybe I don't like yeah it just looked like just such strong washboard abs that it was like a little like uh calamari sticking on the front of it <laughs> And Scott looked legitimately concerned. Oh, he was truly not having it. He was not happy. He's like, speaking of David Hasselhoff, he's like, this isn't Baywatch. Yeah. Um, like all under his breath. <laughs> then the more, more servers bring out food and these little apple fritters come out. And Chris says uh, to Courtney, why don't you give some to your lifeguard? And Scott says, yeah, a little piece of your pie. <gasps> oh, oh, God. Like, so yikes. jealous. God. <laughs> so jealous. So the next scene, it's Kim and Courtney out by the pool with Trevor. Trevor, and they are flirting with him so oh. much. They're in like their swimsuits. Courtney has this cute little one piece. That, that Courtney butt is just doing its thing. Thing. Yes, yes. They're like, can you help us with the with the umbrella? Bring us some us? sunscreen. You Do you sunscreen? work out? <laughs> and Scott's whispering to Chris, like, it's more like a gigolo than a lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, the kids 
have not only not been around yet, they haven't even talked about them. <laughs> they, I lost my mind. Courtney's like, well, we have kids. <laughs> oh, interesting. Really? <laughs> They'll be here next time. <laughs> and to be fair, Scott and, Co- and Chris are like, oh, okay. <laughs> now so... you're telling them that there's kids? <laughs> so funny to me, Jess. And then Scott is <sighs> just... He's just like eaten up with jealousy. Oh, he says it's this really hard to watch. And he's like, look, watching her flirt. It's a very, very, very tough pill to swallow. Yeah. And so this is where the storyline transitions to being about Scott and Courtney. And it's so before we keep moving through, it just cannot to not acknowledge the the Travis and Courtney of it all. The idea that this episode and this storyline is airing at the moment of the fireball fever pitch. Oh God. Courtney and Travis is, I I mean, I truly don't think anyone would have masterminded it this way. It feels, I know that there have been like many strange coincidences in the world of what airs on the show and what's happening in their lives in real time. I don't see this as that in my gut. I just think she fell in love and this is the timeline. But God, it's not about like, oh, poor Scott necessarily, but it is pretty brutal. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough on him. Also, we didn't talk about it, but uh, Travis posted an Instagram of him with a puppy or a dog. And he's like, dogs don't bite humans do and then Courtney commented with a vampire emoji and then he commented back with a little drop of blood so I mean they couldn't be like putting their sex lives out there anymore it's steamy it's horny it is a five alarm fire and it is happening at the exact same moment this episode airs of like Scott coming having like a come to Jesus about his love for Courtney is so I mean, and to like top it off, this next scene starts with him getting stuck on a funicular. (laughs) I mean, ain't that the worst? Just a little. They've they've really like Mister Beaned him. (laughs) I mean, you know, one of my friends uh, like met her ex's like new uh like partner, and like the person was coming over to say hello, and literally like fell and bit dirt uh, and she was just like i felt so bad for her because i do think that is a nightmare situation to absolutely <laughs> absolutely no like, question but at like least anyone my friend was like nice and was like i felt so bad because i know that's not what, what i like she just took no, no joy in it <laughs> but- no that there's like everybody we all know the dynamics of these moments and it's just like nobody wants that. You want uh, them to like pull it off and at yes. least be able to walk away with well, their pride intact. I know some people would be like, yes, yes. Like I remember once I got dumped by a guy and then he was having the postmortem with me and a, and it, a rat ran over his foot and he <laughs> screamed and I was like, all right, this is good. This is good. Well, you, did you post that TikTok or did Tracy? Somebody posted a TikTok where a girl talked about how she found out her boyfriend had been cheating on her the whole time she was pregnant. And, and then, and he, that he was like a real piece of shit. And so after they had the baby, they broke up and then he ended up going to jail and the ex-girlfriend, the the girl he had been cheating with, like reached out to her and was like, didn't know he had gone to jail and was like, where is he? And this woman in her TikTok is like, 
I said that he died and <gasps> me and my sister held a fake funeral and haven't told her for years. I did see that. <laughs> I she did posts like a memorial every year. And I was like, damn, that is so funny and so cold. That's the <laughs> meme of tell me you're petty without actually yes, telling me you're right, petty. That's right. Tell me you're petty like without telling me you're petty. I like that one. So he, yeah, he, he, he comforts around <laughs> in this. Well, go uh, unless you have the key turned. <laughs> It's so rough. And then they sit down. He sits down with Kim and Chloe and we get a beautifully clunky Franken bite um, yeah. of Kim's. Thing. There's a couple of really rough Franken bites in this episode. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, that's, that's a kind of roughly stitched together piece of dialogue that they slap on the back of someone's head. Yes. Make it look like it goes in the scene. Whenever you don't see someone's mouth moving and you hear them say something, uh, you know that that is done later, months mm-hmm. later in ADR because they need to like make a scene work. And sometimes if they can't even get it ADR, they literally, which is what happens on Kardashians a lot, I can hear it from my reality days. They just found the words from confessionals and yes. stitched it and built built the sentence, never got the, the actual real sentence and built it. So that's when it's like, so I saw a court talking to life. Is that dip? like when it kind of jumps at a different yeah. speed? Um, so that's a Franken bite. So she says, so I saw court talking to the lifeguard. Is that difficult dealing with that? Asking Scott and Scott kind of opens up and, and he says, look, he feels it's like their deal is really one-sided. He, he is a husband to her, basically the role of a husband. He treats her like his wife, but honestly, in return, he doesn't really feel like he gets much of anything and it really sucks. Well, I have some strong issues with the way he phrased all of this i do too number one he's like all she wants out of someone is a man who has money that does everything so she doesn't have to lift a finger he like really paints courtney poorly and maybe that's what she has said and that's why and then he's like so i do everything the husband does and then we don't even have sex come on well that's the big that's the big neon blinking sign that and when their conversation happens where they're really dancing around it too is it's like he's having a hard time articulating like what are the emotional needs he's not getting and it does end up sounding over even though i i know that that's a piece of it and he wants the partnership yeah he loves her all that but it does end up reading over and over again like and then at the end of the day we don't even fuck is yeah. like it sounds it like sounds. very blue ballish you know yes and like and so chloe's like do you you know do you think she's stringing you along and he's like look he feels deep down that they love each other and he'll always just be jealous of her in these other partnerships. And in a perfect world, they end up together raising their family. Now, he very smartly st- sidestepped that stringing you along thing. He really did. Because he was like, she- I'll get in trouble for that. Fucking bitchy sister. And then Do you think that, I mean, <sighs> the sisters and the family in this one get a hard F. Oh, like, yeah. They're, they fail so hard. They're trying sisters. to set her up so hard and like to look like the bad guy in every way. Yeah, they're like, remember how you're only doing this season because you are promoting Poosh? Well, guess what? Gotcha, bitch. We're going to make the meanest storyline <laughs> where we sell your ass out. <laughs> yeah, they have some bad blood there still. Yes. Uh, so... Like, they have the best advice. They say, play games. Here's how you do it. Make yourself less available. Sure, you're the father of her child, but just, like, don't answer her texts, you know. Uh, She'll flip her shit. She'll be like, damn, what did I lose? What terrible advice. What horrible advice. Oh, my God. I was just like, 
guys, this isn't about you. Like it's, they're like, it makes them sad. They say in confessional, it makes them sad. It makes them feel helpless. They just wish that they could do something about it. And it's like, no, that's not how adult relationships work. Also, they're only sad because Scott likes her so much. And it's like, did you not see that relationship? You were there. It is recorded on television. You can yes. literally go back and watch it all. The good times are so few and far between. You just root for Scott because we are seeing some growth. But like, I mean, you cannot blame Courtney for that relationship falling apart. And then later, I mean, we get there. But for them to like be like, I wish she would give him a sec. She's given him so many chances. Oh my God. It is such a rewriting of history. And it is so cruel. The PR spin her own family is doing. Yeah. On th this idea of like, he is now a victim in this situation against this big bad Courtney who's like beating up his heart. It's like, that they, I mean, it is like one of the craziest flips yeah. of all of the fucked up like Lamar Chloe flips and a lot of the fucked up like flips this family has done in terms of not acknowledging the suffering well, of their own <laughs> sister or daughter. And it's, I, I do think there is something to be said that like when Courtney and Scott did break up, it was maybe when he was doing better. So yeah. like there is something yeah. to that, that he had been in a worse place and she stayed with him. And then he was like kind of doing better, but it wasn't enough. So like right. there is that part. And that is kind of right. like, well, wh that is something right. But like, the problem with him is he's like, what else does she want? He was so terrible and he has done so much better, but his version of better and being healthy is moping around her sister's house because she won't be with him and then dating children. That's exactly the, that's and Scott that he, he needs to have a moment where he realizes, Oh, this is better, but it's not anywhere close to my best. And his, like, the, clearly they've just all made a, agreed to this. It's like his rent, his life is paid for by her family. Yeah. And that is like, I can't imagine how complicated and stressful that yeah. is. Your partner's total success is built on, like, him appearing on the show that has your last name on it. Yeah. God, like, I just think she gets the short end of the stick so much in this. And God. it's really rough. I mean, but talk about it. Then we get to Oof. the big dinner. Yeah. Oof. This is so rough. So it's another big outdoor dinner, but we got everybody there. We got Tristan, Chloe, Chris, Corey, Kim, and of course, uh, Scott and Courtney. And we got another Frankenbite here where Kim is like, Courtney and Scott. So when are you guys going to get back together? Um, and this scene is so like the tenor of it is so wild and it feels very real. It's so it's like joking, but n not a I'm joke. Not. And Scott is not joking at no. any point in this. No, and they're like wedding, wedding, wedding. <gasps> and then Chris, they there's such a production pitch. Did you like hear it as that? Yeah, because Chris is like, well, um, uh, what if you had a wedding and Chloe says we could at least go out with a bang so we know at this moment they already know the show is ending mm -hmm. and they're like what if at the end of the show we had a Courtney and Scott wedding which also makes me believe they were much closer to being back together 
yeah. than Courtney is letting on. I think Scott is like saying that maybe there is something in between you talk to me like a husband and bedtime that is happening. I think there's I, more physicality happening there. Than- I do think there was this moment where there was like, they had posted a couple photos, like walking on the beach together kind of around this time. And like, I feel like they, there was sort of like uh, people were guessing again, you know, that like maybe something was up and, and I think it's very possible. I mean, like yeah. they clearly have like n- navigated through a lot of gray area so he, he says Scott just basically starts off trying to be pretty chill and says, wherever court stands, I stand with her. <laughs> and Courtney's face is just like, and then giving him nothing. And he's like, look, you know, I love you. I'm ready to marry you right here, right now. And then can't leave well enough alone. Courtney knows that eventually we'll get married and live a good life. And I couldn't hear the first part of this, but we get her under her breath saying well when you want to work on yourself he looks so pressed when she says this he's like what else do you want and and then she's like this is a separate conversation i mean that's what i'm saying like it's like yes you're doing better scott but you cannot you cannot think for a moment this is the best she deserves is you not dealing with all of your like depression and 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 like throwing yourself at little kids again i cannot state enough how much they don't react appropriately to the fact that he dates teenagers. They're not acknowledging it as if he's just been this like monk waiting. He went and dated Kylie's 19 year old friend for three years. Yeah. And then after that, like, I guess right now they're like, well, he broke up. So I guess maybe they don't realize that he's about to date another teenager. Yeah, exactly. But it's It's coming. Of course it's coming. This, I like was reading another article to place this in in respect to Travis, this is happening in September. So mm-hmm. they believe Travis and Courtney to be start to begin start dating two months later. So mm. this kind of serious, like, are we or are we not is happening pretty close, right but in pandemic time, it's like a million years too. Well, I can kind of see why based on where this goes. Yeah. So he's like, I would love to know what else I can do. And it gets a little prickly. And, you know, Courtney's like in her conventional, like, look, I'm feeling really ambushed. And she's basically like, look, I think that he and I have our own private understanding of what would even need to happen for that to be a consideration. And I really don't think it's fair to talk about in front of the whole family. So she's letting us know, hey, you guys, including you, the audience, actually do not know yeah. like what I have laid out for him in terms of what I need and what he has not done. And and it's fair and it's it's That's, fairly kind that she doesn't say it because she's getting steamrollered here. But then I go back to what he said she wants earlier, and I'm like, oh, does she just think he doesn't like isn't successful enough on his own? Maybe. And but with- at the same time, I'm like, I don't think she needs a lot right now. You know, I, yeah. I assume it has a lot more to do with like what we're talking about, like what what it means to go date 19 year olds, yeah. you know, like what Absolutely. that tells you about like where someone is at emotionally and, and in terms of maturity and his connection to her family, like his life away from her. Like those those would be my guesses of the things that she would probably ask to see, you yeah. know, I think another misstep that Courtney is doing is that she and Eunice broke up at the beginning of the pandemic. And then she like Scott had all the opening in the world. And she was like, yes, this is happening. Maybe if you do this. And then she was like, "Mm, no, 
I guess I'm not as sad as I once was. So she doesn't. Yeah. So I think she used him a bit, and that's kind of what we're seeing with the fallout right. of that. I think you're probably right. And but then it just becomes this dog pile of like Tristan Wayne laughs so hard. So Tristan's like, Scott's even doing more than I'm doing. And Courtney goes, me. Courtney goes, <laughs> Are you just saying that so he'll say that for you? I was like, Yes, <laughs> he absolutely is. <laughs> They're like maybe it's a double wedding. Uh, it's it it just becomes as I mean anyone who's been at a a family dinner gone awry knows this feeling where you're just like God let this end. Oh yeah, and Chloe's like guys, I think we're stressing Courtney. I was like yeah, and then Tristan's like okay, couple more questions. Do you find Scott attractive? <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, he's handsome and smart and funny, but like this. All of this gives me anxiety. And Tristan goes, oh, is it because of the past? <gasps> I lost my mind. This little brain. Bless this season for showing us this sweet giant man's little teeny little bee, a little bee, a little fly buzzing around in that head. You know, he's so beautiful. And you can tell he is really kind when he, you know, yes. but he definitely like is lacking in some other areas. Was it the past? <laughs> oh, is it because of what happened before? Yes! Yeah, Tristan. When maybe you could also relate to that piece of that. Oh, God. Oh, and so God. much, he was so much worse than what you did, too. Like, it was... It's so <laughs> funny. And then, and then in, in the confessional, we have... This part made me lose my mind. Court, we have Kim and Chloe, and they're like, Courtney hasn't given us a definitive yes or no. And I was like us it's it's not you she's not going to be marrying you yes so don't care (laughs) chloe reminds her that scott has been with you through everything and she's like you know these honeymoon phases you have with your other hoes never last (laughs) (laughs) then our friend kim breaks the tension with talk she's like guys everyone thinks i have a sixth toe i'm doing (laughs) an instagram story about it posted about it and it was like she's doing it at the table that's the instagram story i was like this is so funny to like start touching your feet at a dinner table like a heavy emotional oh my god oh god then we get this really rough final scene i will say with scott and courtney where he is look he's opening up he's being very vulnerable He's trying to share. First, he starts saying, you know, you know, it bothers me watching you flirt with that lifeguard. And she's like, I promise you I am not flirting. I mean. And he's like, well, I feel like you're a little. Fl- I'm not. I promise. <laughs> I was like, well, this conversation is off to a rough start. And then-, and then he finally is like, OK, OK, so maybe it's like it's my insecurity, you know, and he finally lands on, I think, a more palatable entrance. And, and he he says his piece, you know, that about how hard it was when. He was really hurt when she was with Eunice and he'd have to see, he'd wake up and see photos of them together. And, you know, he really has this big fear of if they start dating, if she starts dating somebody else again. So either we figure out creating our own lives together or separately, but that the limbo state just isn't cool anymore. Yeah. And then he's like, look, I know you're lonely. I'm not lonely. And then he's like, okay, you're not lonely. So this is the one place where I'm like, you think 
that she needs you too because you need her, but she doesn't need you. It's a belittling way to get what he wants. Yeah. And it is probably the point of why she doesn't want to be with him is it's like, no, 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 no. You're not going to back me into a corner by belittling my life yeah. and and what I need and don't need also, in order to it's prove it's a pandemic, and, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, dude, it just was like you can't like the the thing is this, like you can't convince someone to be with you. You know? Yeah. I also think that's like, look, if you don't want her to talk to you like she's your wife and saying like don't drink diet coke and like yeah. he's he's being like I'm not drinking, you know, like if yes. that's what you want, if that's why you're confused, just tell her not to talk to mind her own business then. Yes. Because her, you have better boundaries than Scott. Yeah, her talking to you that way doesn't mean she wants to sleep with you. No, and I think that that is a core piece that like there's a lot of pieces to pull out of this and it's like he feels like he he has agreed to be in this place with her and he's not acknowledging his agency in it. Yeah. And so he's like, you're doing this to me. And it's like, maybe. And also you're accepting it. Yeah. So you should probably redefine the way you would like her to be towards you as opposed to like, I have no agency. You treat me this way. So you should actually just be my girlfriend again. That's not, that's not a way in. It's like, and so, yeah, he's like, she's like, she's like, She's like, look, and in her confessional, she's like, she knows this isn't what Scott wants to hear. And she appreciates the vulnerability, but it puts a lot of pressure on her and she doesn't think it's fair. And we have this exchange where she's like, I mean, I feel like I'm happy right now. And he's like, well, I'm not. (laughs) I mean, so rough. That's what it boils down to with Scott. Like, I happy if I thought that the person I'm with, like, can't function fully unless I'm there to like prop them up I don't want to be with me there I can't be like you have to be able to stand on your own and he can't he can't no and with his history of addiction she knows you know that like and he's beat a lot of demons and he's worked really hard on himself but that like oftentimes I think it, it can transfer and I'm sure she has a lot of wariness to like where those patterns and those needs and that dependency transfers to and he's just not there no, he's not there. He's not and there. she's like, and so, you know, he's, he, he's, and you can feel this thing almost getting a little desperate at the end, you know, where yeah. he's like, I want a little more. I feel like we could work things out. And then he really throws, uh, people were posting. He, he really throws Sophia under the bus, his girlfriend of three years. He's like, you know, we've had these other partners and they don't really fulfill us. He's like, you know, <laughs> we fuck them, but like you and I actually like each other. I don't yeah, like that. I was like, I mean, you know, and he's like, I love you. And, and you know, and and she's like, look, in her confessional, she's like, look, he knows what needs to happen in order for this to be a possibility. And certain things haven't happened that I've been very clear about. My answer isn't going to change unless his actions change. She's telling us, hey, there is a lo- you don't know what this is actually about. And in that scene, he's not being honest. Yeah. I al- will always laugh forever, though, that the whole like she doesn't want to lift a finger. I'm like, yes, it all comes down to her being the laziest human. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, yeah, she doesn't want to work. That's why maybe Travis Barker is a better fit. He's going to make residual royalties forever. And like yeah. <laughs> she's done. She's worked. She's she's di- she did her time. And they're going to bite each other. And, you know, no, <laughs> run around with Megan Fox and Machine Gun Kelly, and she's a whole different thing. 
But yeah, he's he gets a little scrappy at the end. He's like, you know, well, when did you, you guys broke up? What eight months ago? What? And she's like, it was three and a half months ago. Well, you didn't live, you didn't live together. I mean, he lived in another country, uh, and he's just like. And yeah, he's really like, trying to undermine everything and, she does. And he's clearly, it ends, basically, the storyline ends with him being like, well, I guess you just have different things you want to do with your life. You know, but you don't have to make up your mind now. Just wait a couple more years. <gasps> I know. He has to be so, he just isn't ready. Like, I feel no. for Scott. I want, I want him to do better than he's doing. But, I mean, those Kardashian women, and thank God Courtney stopped. They're such enablers. But I, I think this is the year they all stop enabling. I would, I, it feels like she has, I would imagine, like, this is a, this to me reads as a byproduct of doing a lot of work and being yeah. a really strong person on your own. And even and like not the being, Kim and Kanye divorce, too. Like, yes, you know, and saying, like, hey, I don't need a partner to validate my existence. I don't need to take care of another. A partnership is a partnership. Yeah. Like I can't take care of, a, of another person. And all the sisters have historically fallen into very codependent relationships with men who, who really drag them through the mud. Yeah. And so I, I would love for this to be, yeah, the year that they are all like, no. And they find partners if they want them. No, I want Ooh. them to be single. I would love if they were all single. Yeah. I mean, you know, but we want this Courtney Scott or Courtney Travis to last a bit. But oh, I don't really care. I'm not really invested. <laughs> they kind of have overwhelmed me. Seems um, like they just like to have sex and tell us about it a lot. It's I like, know. It does feel a bit like it is that feeling of like, okay, um, you guys can go ahead and close the door. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got it. I Unless you're going to show it. me, like, then show me. But like. I definitely like get it. I'm very clear on the whole deal. And yeah, yeah, you. you guys are good at sex. Blah blah. Just uh, <laughs> what anyone can be that tries hard at it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now we got to the where's shorty uh, storyline. Shorty. Yeah. I <sighs> forgot that that was from season one when we met Shorty, this unhoused yeah. man who they bring in like a stray puppy to give him a shower and cut his beard and you know. Yeah, we had covered this in our vintage recaps and I remember us being like oh my goodness what a sign of the times you can yes. never get away with this storyline yes. oh boy so to bring this back while I understand the nostalgia and I it, it was pretty complicated feeling for me the idea of like the especially because they are at uh, they are at such an absolute like echelon of wealth beyond imagination compared to the, even then when it was a storyline about like rich Calabasas people on TV giving a makeover to an unhoused person and now the disparity feels so much like it just it's very un, it's very unpalatable but you know it's, it's so I, I, I just found tricky. it to be like this is a tricky thing for you guys to venture into and it's not, I don't think it's as simple as you think it is to like just yeah, check on I, this person. It's very keeping up with to still try like when they did the Planned Parenthood storyline and like usually I'm like, hey, good on them. Good for, effort. But it's, but it's like this one was tough because it felt kind of like, can you believe how much life has changed? And it was like, so we have um, the scene, this storyline starts with Courtney swatting at a bee. She announces that she was stung last summer and she has to be very careful now. And they're all chatting. And Chloe says, you know, the number one thing she gets asked actually on social media is where is Shorty? And that he was somebody who really made a significant imprint, imprint on her heart. They had gone looking for him a couple times. He used to be at Hollywood and Highland. 
Um, but she's recently seen people tag her in photos and it sounds like he is at Bronson in Santa Monica, which is basically Hollywood for anybody outside of the city. Um, saying that it sounds like he works at a laundromat. And so Courtney's like, well, let's go down there. Let's just go find Shorty. Yeah. And she's like, did you know it's not laundromat? It's laundromat. And Chris goes, it's just a catchy phrase. <laughs> and she's like, no, it really is what it's called. And then Chloe goes, no, I don't like that. I'm not saying that. And I was like, it's so funny because she's like, no, guys, what it is. And they're like, we don't care. We're not doing this, Courtney. Oh, you can't, can't make us believe that. it. <laughs> I want to read it. I can't wait to get to that point where I just refuse facts and punctuation. No, no, I don't like that. I won't say that. This is a very funny, like, a addition to that last laundry laundromat thing is that Courtney is literally just like reading off facts, like in <laughs> half this episode, because in the next scene, it's Courtney and Chloe and they're like on their way to look for Shorty. And Courtney's like, did you know that hippos kill an estimated 500 people in Africa alone. Imagine what it must be in the U.S. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a pu- what a beautiful out of context piece of Courtney. Oh. I love it. But yes, they're in they're in a Rolls Royce oh, tinted windows. We've got a, a lime green. Birkin bag, perfectly positioned center frame on the back seat. These are the things that are, it's like, I don't expect them to go drive around in a Corolla. I don't know what I'm expecting, but it's still just like, ugh, it just, it just hits with this like thud. Yeah. They've got pictures of shorty printed flyers, basic, or, you know, pr- pictures, and they're headed to this laundromat. And <laughs> the first person they encounter responds, just so perfectly. <laughs> yeah, Chloe's like, have you seen this man? And he goes, no, get the fuck out of here. I laugh so hard, Jess. Ah, it was so deserved. Get the fuck out of here, bitch. And then she's In like, your oh. fucking Rolls Royce with your GoPros and your fuck, get the fuck out of <laughs> oh, here. Okay. No, it's very funny because they're like, all right, for the next scenes, let's all get plants. We'll have some of our PAs. We'll just blur their faces out. And so, because production clearly has already found him. So, so even the second guy, they ask these two women and they're like, oh, yeah, I've seen him around. Because uh, could you imagine being in a parking lot and being like, yes, I have seen that person around. And then they ask, they have another person who I believe to be a PA dressed as a uh, homeless. And 100%. it's truly very clean clothing that are just kind of slightly askew on his body. Yes. Yes. And like a kind of loose bandana. Yes. <laughs> you're like, mm, I don't know, guys. Yes. They have 100 percent located him. This hunt is not real and they get this person knows knows where he hangs out they give a number for him to call and then on the ride back courtney announces that uh she's learned that an ostrich can kill a lion (laughs) (laughs) she's just looking up facts so she's interested in animals now the next scene with kim and chloe chloe's has this little sparkly cup and kim's like what's in the cup and she's god i can't do anything i can't have a cup and it's like chloe Relax. Chill out. You gotta relax, bud. Yes, she flips out over the bedazzled so cup. So weird. I was like, maybe Kim is like, are you doing a Jessica Simpson alcohol thing where you like, yes, like get a sparkly our- cup and just drink all day? What's in the cup, Chloe? God, Chloe's on edge here. <laughs> yes. We learned they have located Shorty. He's getting COVID tested so that they can meet up the next day and have lunch, but they're going to hop on FaceTime before 
and they're they're anxious and they wonder if he'll remember them. And then they hop on FaceTime with Shorty, and I wrote this exact dialogue down. Um. Okay. So Chloe says, "Shorty, how are you? Fine. <laughs> Do you remember me? Yeah." <laughs> I was like doesn't give it to them like it's almost been 15 years and he's like yeah I'm not sleeping great I had two cups of coffee last <laughs> night <laughs> it's like this really stilted strange conversation they're trying very hard it's so funny because Chloe's like I'm so- I'm sorry he's like why are you sorry she's like well I'm sorry that you're not sleeping well and he's like <laughs> Or she goes, I'm sorry you're not enjoying your time. He's like, it would be enjoyable if you were here. <gasps> oh, my God. There is such a weird sexual undertone in, in every... I was like, Shorty, yes, it's cute. Also, he is trying to fuck Chloe. <laughs> yes, and then it leads into the next scene. So we have the next day. It's lunch. Shorty is here. We got all three Kardashian sisters, uh, and they're having lunch with Shorty. We learned that he had been at a hotel with his brother. He's trying to get an apartment by himself. <laughs> to your point, Tristan enters and they say, hey, Shorty, this is Chloe's boyfriend. Shorty says, you ain't supposed to be here. <laughs> to which Tristan says, oh, yeah, where am I supposed to be at? And he says, out of here. Oh, he was like, fuck off. And then I wrote, <laughs> everyone treats Tristan like shit. Even a four foot ten. <laughs> so he had no qualms. Yeah, a four foot ten man had no qualms telling a six foot ten millionaire basketball star, get the fuck out of here. I'm get, trying to fuck your girlfriend. Get out of here. Oh out of man. here. It's so funny. So, you know, I am so sad to like hear this, like he's been hotel hopping and like he just wants to have a place of his own. And we found out that like in season one, he didn't want to get off the streets. I think maybe there was an offer for help or, uh, but so he, he wanted, he liked living on the streets, but yeah. now he wants a place of his own. And so they're like, he doesn't uh, have a job. Cause the laundromat um, that he worked at, I know that laundromat too. I mean, I haven't been there, but I was like, Oh, I know this shopping center. Yeah. It's like down by the um, Hollywood forever. Um, it closed because of COVID. So he doesn't have a job. Yeah. We also learned he has a son. Mm-hmm. And then it's this, you know, then they start listing like, oh, my God, when you met us 13 years ago, none of us had kids. Courtney is three. I have four. And, they're, you know, and then Chris FaceTimes and she's like, this is Kylie. Kylie was little. And he goes, she ain't little now. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> they're like, no, she was little. I'm curious what you think of this, because I'm like, I don't know if it's like tax reasons or what, but we they're like. The, the weird, well, first of all, just the overarching, like I said, underlying, overarching underlying, um, the weirdness of their wealth in these conversations yes. as he's trying, as he's talking about like wanting an apartment and, you know, something that is like truly a drop in the bucket for them. And then they say, we want to help him as much as we can. We're definitely going to do what we can to help him. And that's it. Like they don't, in the, in, and then we get this last scene where they FaceTime with Shorty. Yeah, they wanted to get him in a rent-controlled apartment. That was the specific they used. So right. I have theories around that specifically. Okay. The Kardashians that, just... cannot get him into a rent-controlled apartment without fraud. 
Ah, uh, there we go. Because I was like, basically, <laughs> they get on this FaceTime with him and he's like, thank you, Chloe, for what, you, what you've done for me. You've done wonders for me. And she's like, oh, you got your little gift? And I just was like, what? Why won't they say? We were able to buy an apartment for for Shorty. Like I couldn't. It was like they wouldn't actually say what they did for him. And yeah. I was so confused. Well, because I was like, if they're trying to get him to a rent controlled apartment, like are they saying they're trying to like pull strings with the right people so that he gets in? Yeah. Or are they going to pay for him? And then in that case, like why are they paying for a rent controlled apartment? Why aren't they paying full price for an apartment? Because they don't right. need rent control. They have plenty of money. And then it's like, well, are they buying him a place? I don't know if they're buying him a place. Would that be weird? With like because they're gifting that to him, and then like does he have to like I don't know how any of it works, but they, yeah, they left they, it like, very vague so that right we like I don't, don't know if they're know. paying his rent or like and I assume there's myriad reasons, and and I'm sure it has a lot to do also with like opening the floodgates of like well if they can afford one person one unhoused person's home like how many should and could they you know and so it was just a strange choice to not tell us what they did yeah and i was like obviously they did something nice in relation to where he lives. Uh, yeah. It, it was just very purposely vague in a way that I was like, okay. Well, I assume they like pulled some strings and did something yeah. where maybe they got him into a rent controlled apartment and then they gave him a lump sum of money so he could pay for it. In which case it's right. like kind of like, I feel like you're abusing the system a little bit in that way because it's like yeah. not him doing it or what. Yeah. yeah. But it's something all like, like look, whatever they did and whatever he's able to do, the issue is there is a systemic problem in America with how we treat people who are unhoused. And we have this like, like, cause they were like, you deserve it. You deserve it. And like, even them saying that it's like, everyone deserves it. Everyone oh deserves God. a roof. Yes. No. And it is, it is, you know, it's, it is an absolute epidemic in, in where Marcy and I live. And it, it's just, it's, and, it's in a really shocking state. Yeah. And everyone deserves to be taken care of. You shouldn't have to work hard to be treated as a human. It's like, and I don't know, there's such a disconnect for people to be like, well, they need to work for it. It's like, well, maybe they could once they get any amount of security. And yeah. I think people want to blame the Kardashians for like, you know, like with the, the brain surgery thing from weeks ago, like they cannot mm. solve systemic issues. They can help no. one person, but they can't like the problems are bigger than them. And yes, let's tax them. That might help with the problems. Absolutely. But I think, like, like it's bigger. Not turning them all into billionaires is probably a key piece of it. But then it is also not their collective responsibility to create solve for policy issues and the things that people have dedicated their lives and careers towards actually like learning and enacting you this know? would have been a good chance for caitlin to come on and tell us what she's gonna do for <laughs> yeah. the unhoused community in america i have a feeling we wouldn't like her answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i honestly don't think she's even considered it for a moment I'm sure she has not a lot of awareness that there is even a, <laughs> a situation going on in California. All so right. then we have a nice little product placement. Just, just a nice little product placement. You get some poosh one episode and then you're going to get skims the next. Yeah. So it is the first week we have a scene of Chloe, Kim and Addison Ray, new cast member, <laughs> Addison Ray hanging out outside by the pool. We get a beautiful product placement. Chloe showing off how great her boobs look. 
in the Butter Collection bra no. by Skims. Do you think it's interesting that Courtney was only friends with Addison for one episode? <laughs> and now she's just sort of around. The two sisters who were like, mm, we're really suspicious. And then they're like, we love you. You're our friend. I mean, it's just so clearly like much like we're seeing Skims. This is a product place. Addison is the product and she has been placed right in here. Absolutely. And honestly, possibly TikTok in general, like as far as I'm concerned. Well, she know? was TikTok like because she was like an LSU college student. I did like a little the minorest of research on her. And so she was like famous on TikTok. I want to say, is Chris taking a percentage? Is like Chris, like, did they sign Managing. a deal? I Probably. wonder I, if this is the like BG5 or there whatever is, it is. There is, clear, <laughs> there is clearly a, a strategy, you know, There's and whether, and maybe, and maybe it'll, maybe it leads into the pieces we don't know about yeah. the Hulu deal and like whatever is next. Yeah. Cause it is left field enough, but prominent enough. Suspicious. That it's, it's not. It's not an accident that this TikTok star is suddenly just like part of the last season of Kardashians. Yes, a, like a substantial. And also, she does not know what she's doing yet. She is cross-talking. She doesn't know about how this works. She ain't. She doesn't have it yet. Yeah. She'll get there. So she, we learn, we get a big shout out to the Butter Collection. Kim says, <laughs> oh, I'll just relaunch it. I'll relaunch it with more colors. Oh, the power. Um, we learned that the Skims is having their one year anniversary. She's figuring out the campaign or she had the campaign and Addison was in part of the campaign doing TikToks, wearing Skims and Addison kind of roasts Kim and her team being like, yeah, they kind of didn't really get me. <laughs> like, no, Do your like thing. You're a uh, dancing thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then Kim says, I have no real emotional connection to TikTok. And it's like not something I'm ever going to do full time. But I like to be up on these things so that I'm evolving. <laughs> And Kim goes, wait a minute. What if I'm the star of TikTok? <laughs> and she says, we, we and we get a very cute little retrospective. This has come up before, also in relation to Kim singing, where she says, look, I know I can't dance. Kim has famously always acknowledged she cannot dance. She says, I don't even dance in private. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't so, even dance in private. We get this footage of her like from a few different events, like shuffling around, dancing poorly. But she says, what if I do some TikTok dances and Addison for, for the campaign? And Addison says, oh, I'll train you. Uh, and there you go, Kim. Like so many things in her career just has decided she can do it. Yes. Why not? I mean, it does seem like something she should be able to do, but I think people are very confused about talent. They think that yes. like talent is just a thing you have and it's like, no, you actually just have to be willing to fail. And if you're not willing to fail, it's like with singing, dancing and acting. If you're not committed to doing it as hard as you can do it, you're going to look bad while you're doing it. Exactly. Like bail, the the half bailing on it. Yeah. Is the worst, which is what this ends up becoming. Because, yeah. So we've got like one of these Malibu rooms in this massive compound being sort of used as a dance studio. Addison, Kim and Chloe are there and it's to practice and learn some TikToks. And Kim is trying to do the splits. <laughs> she gets closer than I would. Closer than I could, for sure. And she's like, oh, should that be a 40-year-old goal? <laughs> her in, you know, upcoming 40th birthday. Now, Chloe's just watching. Yeah. Uh, now, 
whatever Dan Addison is teaching her, Kim's like, no, I don't want to do that. I'm a married woman. <laughs> she doesn't want to do Addison's unmarried woman dance. <laughs> Such a prude. But undoubtedly, Kim is bad. And I feel like this storyline was designed for like her to be good or, or good enough for it to pass. And then she truly like bailed on it. And yeah. was like, oh, this is mortifying. She says, oh my God, I have eyes. <laughs> I can see I'm not the best at it. Yes. <laughs> Hearing Chloe scream, you better work, Snake, was really funny, too. <laughs> so it doesn't go very well. Then we've got Addison and Kim hanging out an- another day. And they're first they're, you know, talking about how they can't eat cookies. <laughs> Too many cookies. Too many cookies. And then, you know, Courtney enters and is like, so how's it going? We learn Kim has bailed. I'm just not good. And she's a statusin. I'm sorry if I let you down. She gave it her best stab, but it's just not for her. She's going to come up with a different campaign. It's just not true to who she is, Jess. Not, she, the, she can't force it. And then she comes up with, I think, the best. a fabulous idea. She really makes the case. We've got her former BFF, the one, the only, Paris Hilton entering an, a delightful top of scene. Kim says, hey, did you get my text? I texted you earlier. And Paris says, I have five phones. <laughs> she says specifically just, she goes, I have like five phones. I have like five phones. Like she's not even positive how many phones she has. It's somewhere around five, give or take one or two. <laughs> I don't really understand having, I don't know. I just, it's a world I don't, I guess I don't know. Especially I don't get it. if they all reach you. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like I have five numbers. One goes to my office. It's just, they all come to you, Paris. <laughs> I hear that as I have like five personal phones. It's yeah. amazing. But we get a really gem, a real gem of a scene. They are looking at an old photo. It's clearly like one of the inspo photos for the shoot. And it's Kim in front of her famous Range Rover, the beloved Range Rover. And um, <laughs> and they're reminiscing like, oh, my God, wasn't that for like dub or complex? And Kim tells this story about. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so hard that she wanted to be on a cover of a magazine so badly. She got offered to be on the cover of a dog magazine. She hated dogs, hates dogs. Uh, and then she ended up borrowing Nicole Richie's dog so just funny. to be on the cover of a dog magazine. So Guys, funny. never forget how hard this woman and this family hustled to get this shit. Borrowing Nicole Richie's dog is so funny to me. So <laughs> they're recreating these uh, velour paparazzi shots. They have these oh. t- tiny Motorola phones. I and I think they were even shooting it on a digital camera, like an old yeah, school tiny right. digital camera. Like a point and shoot. Yes. Uh, it's great. It's hearkening back to their juicy, the Juicy Couture days and the, the Robertson Ave, Kitson, paparazzi. Yes. Kim in Paris. Oh my God, the nostalgia rush. And I remember when these photos came out, losing my fucking mind because it is so clever. It's so clever. Uh, it's perfect. It was really I good. wish I loved the fit of these velour suits a little bit better. I don't like love the fit compared to the classic juicy, but neither here nor there. I remember being like, oh, I want these. Oh, I don't like the way they fit. <laughs> um, there's even a great part where they're holding these little Motorola, Motorola phones in Paris. Is like, I can't believe this is what we used to have to text on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did I tell it on this podcast that I, when I had like one of those little 
Motorola, but even smaller one and even smaller than what they have. I was like going to the bathroom at my office and I had my phone in my pocket. And when I, I like flushed the toilet and as I stood up, the phone popped out of my pocket and just went down into the toilet. Bye bye. That you told this and I told you the same thing happened yes. to me. Okay. But with my old um what was the first one that ever Nokia, you know, that's what I had. Like, Absolutely, yes. That's what it was. Yeah, the little rectangular, like little tiny bricks. <sighs> just that a- one went straight down the toilet. And because- I just remember being like Oh, <laughs> when t- when phones started, they were very big and then they got very small and, and now they're very them. big again. But they're yeah, also you- getting a foldable one so that it's very small. <laughs> it's so it's so funny. And it is that thing of like uh, keeping it in your back pocket, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. Dependent regardless of. This was such how I I lost so many phones in this era, so many phones. It was my hallmark, and I would always put it in my buck my butt pocket. And then you get up from the toilet and you pull it over that booty, and it goes boop, boop and just flies right out. Yeah. Um, but it was it was really delightful. I love this campaign. I wish they would give us more. I would watch Paris and Kim reminisce. Oh, if uh, they want if single Kim. And Paris want to do like a, a show where they like try to like write injustices of the world. Oh, I would love it. And then they like celebrate by going to Ibiza for one of Paris's like DJ gigs. Yes. I want to see. Have you ever, you probably haven't seen the show Cold Case, Cold Cases. Oh, I know Cold Cases. Where case, it's like, yeah. no, what is it called? It's called Cold Justice. And oh, it's I know it. Yeah, two females who go into like towns where they reopen old cases. Mm-hmm. That's what I want Paris and Kim to do. I have my appetite knows no bounds. Like they don't even have to talk shit like about Lindsay Lohan or something. Like obviously I want that, but like I just <laughs> like I just want them together talking about like just hearing them say the words even like Hyde or Kitson yeah. or like. <laughs> Nicole, just hearing them say Nicole, I was like, oh my God, it's so emotional. It's such a like pillar of my life. Now, I would like to hear Paris be like, isn't it weird that your brother-in-law is like fucking Nicole's baby sister? (laughs) That is so weird. And I hadn't connected it. That's weird, right? (laughs) And then they'd be like, anyways, who cares? (laughs) Well, that's the app. Yeah, we did it. And apparently we have six more episodes who we didn't even know. And then a reunion, guys. So we have so much more. We're not even like nearly over. So we got plenty more Kardashian in it. No, plenty more. You'll be sick of us. You'll You'll be like (laughs) grateful it's over. Um, And then we'll move on to Ella's for Losers. But we'll get you all that info once we have it all locked in. In the meantime... You know the drill. We release new episodes every Monday. Check out our website, carditionit.com. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and review. Check out our Twitter and Instagram and email us if you like at carditionit at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for listening to Carditionit. Bye. Bye.